Okay, so tonight we're going to continue. The uh, title for this evening's sharing is very simple. Uh, let's all read it together. Ready? One, two, three, go. The Word. Okay, the very word. simple, right? And so the Word is, uh, uh, what should I say? A, uh, a, uh, it's, not a two, it's not a two-edged sword. This, this sword has three edges. Wow. Whoa. Three-edged sword, yes. Three-edged sword. It's part, it's one of the edge is uh, prayer, right? So two weeks ago we talked about prayer. Then the other sharp edge is the spirit. And then tonight we want to touch the third edge, the word. And uh, we'll get to it, but, uh, you know, these three, they really go together. You, you cannot separate them from each other, okay? So uh, before we dive into the word, which is what we love to do, uh, I want to go back a little bit, just rewind to uh, the beginning of the semester. Uh, we begin this whole Thursday night with a discussion on what everyone is seeking for. What is everyone seeking for? I want you to take a minute and think about that. If someone would ask you, man, what is everyone on the earth looking for? What do they want? And you can sum, up with, sum it up with two words. People are looking for reality and looking for community, right? So we began the semester that way. But tonight, I want to go back further. I want to go back to the original semester in the Garden of Eden, right? The first semester on the earth, right? Okay. God was the original, he was the original speaker, and Adam was the original audience, okay? We're going to go all the way back there. Because actually, I, I really think you can trace reality and community all the way back to Genesis, okay? And so, uh, just, you know, considering, you know, I was considering this week, uh, these two words, and, uh, you know, most of the time, when I think of this word, and I, I, I think it's fair to say when you guys think of this word, is I kind of think like, I'm looking for reality, and I'm looking for community. It's really all about me, right? And it's true. I mean, you know, I'm empty, I need reality, and I'm lonely, I need community. But uh, the more I got into this, I realized, actually, we need to also see this from God's viewpoint. Not just our viewpoint. You understand what I mean? I mean, yes, God desires that we have reality. God desires that we have community. And that's great for us. But really, at the heart of it all, is this is so necessary for God. Because God is doing something in this universe. God is doing something in the earth. He is fulfilling his purpose. And the way he's going to fulfill this purpose is to cause us uh, to enter into reality and community. Okay? So uh, let's read, uh, let's read Roman number one together. Ready to go. The urgency for reality and the need for community to fulfill God's eternal purpose. So the so I want you to get this word here, okay? I want when you think of reality, I want you to think of urgency. Mm. Not just like, oh well, you know, maybe it'd be nice to have reality. I'll think about it. But really, uh, from the Bible's perspective, we rea- we need to have reality. It is urgent that man receive reality. And when you think of community, I want you to think of need. I need a community. 
not just as something nice to have, you know, something great, throw it into my resume, but from the Bible's perspective, from its point of view, we need community, okay? Okay, how do we see this? Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. There is urgency. You see it? You see the urgency there? Okay. Look, whenever we use this verse, right, we use Genesis 1 and 2, we talk about there is God, he makes man, with the intention of what? Well, first of all, how is man made? Man's made in the image of God and within the likeness of God. But he does not have the content of God. So at the very best, man is a, you know, if you have something that looks like you, like your image, like, like your ID, for example, your student ID, that is you. But it doesn't have the content of you. You are the reality of that image and likeness. Does that make sense? So when God made man, he had the image and the likeness. He was like a photograph of God. If we want to know, hmm, I wonder what God looks like in the universe, you just look at Adam, and that's what God looks like. But as good as that was, man did not have the reality of God. So what, God does, what does God want to do? He wants man to receive him. So when we go to chapter 2, we see the tree of life. God puts man in the garden and the tree of life. Okay, great story. And if you look at the language in chapter 2, it's not very strong. You may be shocked to hear that. But you think about how God presents the tree of life to man. It's one tree presented among many. And on top of that, there's this other tree over there. And God's like, you know, well, you know, hey, I made this garden for you. And, you know, all the trees are good to eat. Just don't eat that one. But all the trees are good to eat. And I mean, clearly you get into, yes, God's desire that man protect the tree of life. It's not that strong. There's no urgency. I just don't sense any urgency in chapter 2. Mm. And God wants to get into man, mm. right? It's just kind of like eventually, given enough time, you know, he may try the peach tree, he may try the apple tree, and then, hey, what's the tree of life here? Let's try that one too. I don't see urgency. Okay, so that's one example. Then the other example he also uses the glove and the hand, right? Mm. That man is in the image of God, like a glove is in the image of a hand. Therefore, because the glove is in the image of hand, what should be in the glove? A hand. Okay, let me ask you this. It's cold outside. How many of y'all bought gloves today to campus? Anybody? One? One glove? <laughs> no, one glove. Where's the urgency? We, we have gloves. We make them for that reason. And when it's cold, we still won't wear them. <laughs> you know? You're like, well, I mean, you may even have it in your possession. And you walk outside like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Just in my pocket. No urgency. As good as that example is, no urgency. Okay? I just don't quite get urgency with that. It's a great example. Don't get me wrong. Okay. So what do we do? How do we see Genesis 1.26 here? Glove in hand. Tree of life. You know, image and likeness. How do we get urgency? Okay. Let me present to you another scenario. All right. CK, can you come down here? Come on. Very good. So, uh, you know, CK is graduating soon. A year. That's soon. <laughs> Trust me, that'll be soon. And uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of uh, speaking into the future, what I believe may most likely, probably, in all likeliness, 100% to be true. No. 
he's decided, you know what, I graduated, I got a great degree from UT, and I feel like the Lord's leading me to go to Bible school. Oh. Mm. I'm just, I'm just, you know, been educated yet. Oh. So CK's driving, you know, he's driving. Who else? Who's graduating a year? Who else graduating a year? Well, <laughs> so Val graduated. She's in the car behind him, you know. They're caravanning to the training, right? And uh, the car is thirsty. The car is thirsty. And you're thirsty. You got a thirsty car and a thirsty driver. Oh, no. So, bro, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, bro? You gonna pull over to that gas station? You're thirsty, bro. So you walk in. I can't to get some drink. Okay. So, what are you gonna get? You know, you go to the the, the fridge, the ice cold fridge, and you know it's got all different bottles, different colors, different labels. Okay. What do you? If you could drink something, right? Then you're thirsty. And you're in the heat of the heat of Arizona in August. <laughs> And you need some to drink. What are you going to pick? You know, every time I ask people this question, you know what they always pick? Topo Chico. Topo Chico. <laughs> All right, I've asked this question. This last couple of weeks, I've been doing this my appointment. Says, Everybody has said Topo Chico. Topo. Topo. <laughs> you know where I got this bottle from? I got it from him today. Oh. <laughs> we were in an appointment together, and he was sitting across from me because he was so thirsty, and he drank a bottle of Topo Chico. Then he finished it. Okay. Now imagine this. Imagine this. Let's say you have a hankering for Topo Chico. Because you know, everybody does. No, and you go in and you're like, where is that bottle? You see the Coke, no, not the Coke, not the Pepsi, not my choice of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is, that Topo Chico bottle, red and yellow, right? And you grab it. Now, how do you know there's Topo Chico inside? How do you know you're not making a mistake? It's orange juice or it's, you know, it's that really other good drink, Coca-Cola. <laughs> right? Because there's a label on right? There's an expression on this bottle, and it says Topo Chico. And so you go and you open it, just careful. I don't know what's brewing here. You open it, go ahead, take a drink. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Now, okay, now listen, he, he's gonna realize that's no good, but you know, there's some bottles you can't see through it. So imagine you just go, and like, stuff comes out. <laughs> what do you think is gonna happen? What do you think happened? Stomp his feet and walk out? Maybe. No, I think what happened is lawsuit. <laughs> America is a country of lawsuits. What that lady get for spilling coffee on her leg? A couple million? Oh, yeah. We should get a couple million for this, shouldn't we? You know, let's say you get sick for the next week, you know, awful, you're, you're like diarrhea, you missed the training, and you know. But you're in a convenience store, so the whole thing's on camera. So you got footages and videos to, to prove it all, you know. I mean, imagine the lawsuit, right? Imagine the, like, you'd be on CNN, ESPN, you know. <laughs> 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 he used to be fat when he drank this. <laughs> okay. All right. See, you got you know when, when the company that makes this bottle, when they make this bottle, they put a label in it. You think they make a bottle, and it's at the you know bottling company, 
And they go, yeah, you know, I know we got this bottle, but maybe we'll put Taco Chico in it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. We'll see what happens. No. That's not the attitude, is it? It's only made for one reason. Yeah. Yeah. To have Taco Chico in here. It's not like, yeah, maybe we'll, you know, we'll flip a coin and see what happens. Mm. It's only made for one thing, Taco Chico. And here's the funny thing, which I have always found funny. You buy this, you, you make this bottle in the factory, and, uh, you know, I don't know if you think about this, but you may have been the second, only the second person to touch this bottle in its existence. You know, it was probably made in the factory, carry along the, uh, was it the, uh, what's it called? Yeah, the belts and stuff like that. Maybe, uh, you know, boxed in, you know, none of that's ever touched, right? And then, uh, you know, the uh, delivered to the store and the clerk takes it out, puts it in there, first person to touch it. But then today, by fate, no. You would touch it. You know, a second person touch it. That's it. Only two hands. Only two grubby hands on it. Then you come to the appointment, and you're going to lie, and you drink it. And then as soon as he finished, you know what he's going to do with it? He's going to toss it. A perfectly good bottle. Feel clean. Nothing wrong with it. Not disgusting. But it's tossed because what? Because it's empty. As soon as it's empty, it's worth, what is it worth? T-R-T-R-A-S-H. Word the trash. I spelled that right? Word the trash. Is it like so disgusting and dirty that it needs to be thrown away? Is it just so full of germ? No. But as soon as it's empty, you see, urgency. If there's nothing in here, it's not worth anything. Okay? Okay, imagine if CK were a bottle. <laughs> According to Genesis 1.26, what's the label on this? God. You know how I know there's Tapo Chico in here? Because there's a label on here. Yeah, bro. And there better be a certain content in here, or Super. I'm going to sue. <laughs> the label on this human bottle is what? God. G-O-D. C-H-R-I-S-T. That's the label. That's Genesis says, you all, we have a label on us. What's the image and the likeness? G-O-D. The image of God, the likeness of God. So what should be in here? God. It's not like, well, maybe, you know, if I buy a Coke, I may be lucky and get a Coke today. Well, turns out it was trash. No, it better be Coke in there. You know what I mean? So right away, the Bible shows us the reality that needs to feel the image and the likeness is not a, a maybe you should, maybe you should, maybe think about it. It's what you were made for. Yeah. Coke didn't make Coke bottles. Just go, you know, maybe we'll put something else instead of Coke. You know, no, never, no. It's made with only to put Coke in it. Right? And if there's not Coke in it, you throw it away. So to me, I've always, I've always looked at Genesis 1.26, and I feel like there's real urgency here. Reality is not just maybe I should have maybe I should have God come into me as reality. Maybe the spirit should feel me as reality. But there's an urgency in the Bible that man needs reality. Mm. Why though? Just so we can feel better? 
Man needs blood because God wants to fulfill his purpose. And the first step he takes to fulfill his purpose is to put himself into us as our reality. Okay? Then, right after reality, he needs community. Let's read Genesis 2.18 together. Go. And Jehovah God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper as a counterpart. Okay, this really struck me this time, reading this verse. You know what? You know... You know what's the first description of the woman Eve? She's described as what? A helper. She's a helper. I've always thought counterpart, bride, wife. But here it says that he made her, I will make him a helper. Adam needed help. She needed help. God says, wow, you need help. So I'm going to give you a woman. I'm going to build you one. And she will be your wife. No, she'll be your helper. So what is she going to help him with? Here is Adam. You're all alone. Not good to be alone. You need need help. You need a person. I'm going to give you a community. You know, here. And she's going to be your helper. What's she going to help him with? What is she going to help him with? Huh? Eating? Eating? She's probably a good cook, right? <laughs> What's she gonna help me, Billy? Expression. Expression? What do you mean? for expression on the yard. And it's not gonna find expression, just one thing. Okay. So you go. Not bad. Not bad. You're not bad. The smarter you look. <laughs> you know what Adam needs help with? He needs help with fulfilling God's purpose. He can't do it by himself. Why did God make Adam? To fulfill his purpose. God said, look, Adam, I have a purpose in this universe. I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to attain my purpose. And you're going to do it for me. Okay? So I'm going to make you in my image and my likeness. And the way we're going to start this journey and fulfill my purpose, I'm going to come into you. But even that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. God says, but Adam, you still need help. I'll make you a helper. So her job was to help him. Okay. Okay. Look. Why is this important? Well, I want you to realize, and this is very important for me first and foremost, because I don't know. I tend to be okay by myself most of the time, but it's good to be reminded. Not just I have brothers and sisters, fellow members around me, but I need them. I need you guys. I want you to look at the, the one sitting next to you, the, your brothers and your sister, your fellow members of the body of Christ. And don't just realize like, wow, this is great. You know, I'm in the body of Christ now and how, how, what a blessing to have other people. But you have to see them. They are needed. You need them in your life. We need community. It's not an option. Look, let's read this verse together. Let's read 1 Corinthians 10, 21, 22, 20 to 21 together. Ready to go. 
But now the members are many, but the body one. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again to add to the feet, I have no need of you. You cannot say, I have no need. That's not allowed. Oh. God will not allow that. I have no need. I said, no. Can you imagine your hands decide to like, you know, I'm out of here. <laughs> I hate this body. Feet, you stink. I'm out of here. <laughs> right? We laugh at that because of the absurdity. And that's what Paul is playing on here. He's like, how absurd would it be if your feet decide to leave your body or your hand? So you can't say it. Not possible. I have no need of you. The converse of that is, I need you. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers, I need you. Amen. Sisters, I need you. Amen. We have to realize community is not an option according to God. Amen. It is a necessity. Amen. Okay? Alright, so obviously this is how the Bible started. Started with reality community. And then unfortunately we know that man fell. He didn't get the job done. And that was okay. Is that afforded God a way to become a, per a man? A guy came to the earth. He did many things. He walked on water. He healed. He fed the multitude. He cast out demons. He gave sight to the blind. He did, he did lots of things. But ultimately, he wasn't there to do that. He was there for one thing. Okay? And he was there to release reality and to produce community. At the consummation of his earthly ministry... Okay, he was there for one thing. And John 12, 24 says, the Lord likens it like a grain, of, a grain of wheat. He says, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much, much fruit. fruit. So there's the grain. The life is within the seed, right? Falls to the ground and dies so that the life within the seed can be released. There's the releasing of the life for reality. And then in resurrection, what else does it do? It bears a community. So guess what the Lord Jesus was doing? He was releasing reality and he was producing community. Okay? And so when we read through the gospel, that's how the gospel consummates. But the Bible doesn't end there. The Bible says, okay, next step. This isn't the final step. Okay, the next step. So next step is, let's read um, Roman numeral three together with the verse. Ready to go. The home being the intersection of reality and community. And they continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles. And day by day, continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Okay, so when the gospel ends, the Lord isn't there anymore. He's not on the earth like he was for 30 years. And a half years. Okay? And when Acts comes in, the Lord has passed on the baton to the disciples. Alright? And how did they continue? They say, okay, the Lord said, you need to continue. You need to continue. Okay, I've done my part, now you continue. And you know what Acts is, how they continue? They continue day by day from house to house. 
So what we see is the way the Spirit is continuing the work, his work in the New Testament to carry out God's purpose is day by day, house to house. And this is important because what we see in the homes in the New Testament is the home is the intersection between reality and community. Okay? And what, what do I mean by this? Well, what I mean by this is that, you know, listen, you may, you, may go, you may go to church on Sunday morning and get some reality. But then the rest of the week, you're hanging out with your guys from who knows where. No community. So you get your reality met at church, but your community is somewhere else. Or you may be with the brothers, and that's my community. And you're playing basketball, and you go catch a movie, and you play a little frisbee, but no reality, no prayer, no spirit, no word. See? So we can't have community and reality just kind of zipping by and missing each other. We need a way for them to hit each other. Yeah. To intersect. And what we see in the New Testament is the homes is where reality and community intersect. Okay? And so what's going on in the homes that's causing reality and community to intersect? Okay? So that's what's causing that is are these three points we've been hitting for the past three weeks. Prayer, the spirit, and the word. Okay? Let's say that together. Prayer, Prayer, the spirit, spirit, and the word. You know, it's like I wish I had a stool. You ever seen those three-legged stool? You know what I mean? You need all three legs for that stool to stand. You can't take just even one off. Two out of three is still not good enough. You gotta have all three to keep that stool stand, okay? You need all three of this. It's not good enough just to have prayer. And the spirit, still not good enough. You need the word as well. It's not good enough just to have the spirit and the word, but no prayer. You need prayer as well. All three have to be there. And they work together. They work together. Okay? The spirit has to turn into the word. Right. And the word has to turn into the spirit. Exactly. And the way that's done is with prayer. I'll give you an example. When I come to the word, okay, when I come to the word, I need that word to turn to the spirit. I need to get the spirit out of that word. I need to touch the spirit. So I may be reading something, and as I'm reading, I may have a sense, oh, that verse is really good. That may be the Lord touching me. At that point, I should pray about what I'm being touched with. And when I do that, the words become the spirit. Amen. See that? Does that make sense? Or maybe, how about this one? Maybe as I'm reading, I just have a sense like the Lord is, boy, he's really just popping this verse into my face right now. I don't know why, but I'm just so touched by this verse. The Spirit is trying to communicate to me. I don't know what it is. So, you know, I need the Spirit to turn into the Word. So guess what I do? I pray. Isn't that interesting? By praying, the Spirit can turn into the Word. And by praying, the Word can turn into the Spirit. And these three work together in the home, with others, to bring us into reality and community so that God can fulfill his purpose, right? Okay, let's go to uh, Roman number five together. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. The word multiplied and grew. So what we see in Acts, as we read through the chapter, is, you know, just remember, this is God 
progressively working from the time of Adam to the, to the, when the Lord was here. He's advancing and working. He's just keeping working to like, I need to keep getting my purpose to move along here. And now he's working again. He's working again. And he's in Acts through the disciples. He started with Adam, went to the last Adam, and now is in the disciples. The descendants of Adam, right? And he's working. He's working. He's working. Okay? And so when you see his work, how does Acts describe what happened? Okay? He went from one man, last first Adam, to the last Adam, who died and multiplied many grains. And then those grains... Also multiplying now, okay, and multiplying for his purpose. But look how, look how it's described here in Acts four, four and six, seven. It says here, but many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to, to about five thousand. Yeah. Next one, and the word of God grew, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem multiplied greatly, and a large number of priests obeyed the faith. Well, don't you think it was just said, and the disciples grew? Should have said that? Huh? Should it say the number of the disciples grew and multiplied? Then say that. Said the word grew and multiplied. Mm. Okay. Next one, 8-4. Therefore, those who were scattered went about the land announcing Christ as the gospel, announcing the word as the gospel. Yeah. 10-44. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who hearing the word. Yeah. Next one. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Men, brothers, sons of the race of Abraham, and those among you who fear God to us, the word of this salvation has been sent forth. Listen, there was a, in chapter 8, there was a great persecution in Jerusalem, right? They didn't like them being believers there. So there's a big old persecution. And, you know, the believers like, okay, look, we just can't stay anymore. It's hot. Like, I got to get out of the kitchen. So they, they left. So they start scattering. And as they went, as they went, Acts says, they, the word went. All right. They didn't say the disciples were sent. Says, says the word. The word of this salvation has been sent forth. All right. Okay. 13, And the word of the Lord was carried through the whole region. Shouldn't it say the believers who were scattered was carried out throughout the whole regions? All these Christians, they were the one that got carried out through the persecution? No, it says the word wow. was carried. The word of the Lord was carried. 1920. Thus, let's read it together. 1920. Thus, the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So when you practically look at Acts and see how is it that God's purpose is being fulfilled, you know what you see? The word, the word, the word grew, the word multiplied, the word was sent, the word prevailed. So practically, the way for us to carry out individually and in a community is to the word. So what does that mean? That means that when we're in the homes, we need these three things, right? Listen, we're fortunate, you know, we have this practice among us every week, right? Homes are open, homes of, I know some students go to other students' homes, uh, homes of the community, the alumni, open up for us to go over, have dinner, play with the kids, have some singing, have some talking, uh, have some fellowship. Okay, don't forget these three things. What needs to happen here? For reality and community to intersect, we need what? Prayer, Prayer spirit, spirit, and the, the word. word. But see, I want you all to read uh, Colossians 3.16 together. Let's read it together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, 
teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. Should there just be just a little bit of word, a lot of talk, a little jesting, a little roast, <laughs> a little this, a little that, and just begin like, you know, not too much salt, you know, sprinkle in a little word. <laughs> What's the attitude? What's the thought in the New Testament? Just a little bit. Richly. Richly. You know what should be in the homes when we're there? Richly. Something should be there richly. The word. And it should just be in the ears and in the environment and speaking. But where should it be richly? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In you. In you. You need the word in you richly. Because when God moves... Through you and with your community, it's going to be the word that comes out. You know, it's going to be the word that comes out. If you look in Acts, the first gospel message spoken not by the Lord, by Peter in Acts 2, he spoke the word. Right? Starting Joel. Then he goes to Psalm. Huh? Even his second message, he's in Exodus. And he's talking about Genesis. Uh, and Paul, about Paul's first message, right? He's in Genesis. He's in Judges and 1 Samuel and Isaiah. Right? God's moving through them. But how does he move? Through the word. Right. So we need what? We need the word. This should be our, this should be our characteristic, right? Our flavor. Right? We should be known by this. Yeah. Huh? The word group. Mm-hmm. Should they say, oh, look at that club. That club's grown, haven't they? Wow. That'd be a shame if they were to say it, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. That Christian student club, well, they've grown. Yeah, it shouldn't be that. It should be, oh, the word grew. Ah. <laughs> the word yes. multiplied. Amen. Right? So we need these three things, okay? Um, okay, so that's it for me tonight. Um, I, it's awesome, though. Yeah. So anyway, there, I could say a lot more on the word, right? I mean, I couldn't touch logos. I couldn't touch rhema. I couldn't touch praying the word. I mean, there's so much. Maybe we need to consider. But anyway, we need three things. Three things to need, right? We need prayer, prayer the spirit, spirit, the word. And, and, and where do we find this? In the homes. Because it's the intersection of what? Reality and community. And we need reality and community so that God can do what? Fulfill his purpose. All right. Okay. Thank you.